your home of the Pens and the best Pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh and iHeart Radio Station. This portion of the Mark Madden Show is sponsored by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. I am not, nor shall I ever pretend to be, Mark Madden. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com. We do get along. We've known each other for a long time. And when we'd have our little Wednesday things here, that's just how we talk. It's like... It, you'll think, oh, that, you're really giving it to Mark when you come in, or he gave it to you today. That's just how we talk. It's no different when the microphone is turned off. We go at it. Nothing manufactured about it. Nothing manufactured about this segment we're about to have either, too. I see that the calls have litten. I was about to say litten up. See? Started the day in another country, Bob. That's what happens. You lose all sense of grammar. I actually was speaking French with people. I took eight years of French in college and, and in high school, and it does you almost no good unless you're just conversational. You know, so I got into the cab and I said bonjour, and the guy goes, Oh, bonjour. And I go, Oui. Four one two three 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 nine nine three nine is the number to call. Let's go to Mark on the road. Sounds like he wants to get in on the Sid's line mates conversation. You're on 105.9 The X, Mark. Hi, DK. like listening to you and uh, subscribe to your uh, page and everything. Well, thank you very much for both of those. Um, I want to, you know, again, I'm sure you might agree, maybe not, but what is it with Connor Sherry consistently being shoved on that line and not producing at a, a regular basis that you think he should? The much time he's on the line, the guy's inconsistent. Well, I want to ask you, uh, let me ask you, give me one good specific. I'm not challenging you here. I'm not disagreeing is what I mean to say. I am challenging you. Give me a specific of what you haven't liked on, with him on that line. Okay, uh, for instance. One, just one. Now, okay, just one. When he has a chance to pass the puck to a wide-open guy, he shoots it instead. And nine times out of ten, it's blocked or he misses a net completely. Okay, this is what that's, that's, open. that's your viewpoint. Mine, and I, and I had this problem with him uh, last night in Montreal watching him from overhead, is that, man, Mark, he's just getting swallowed up. You know, if there's a bigger defenseman and there's a collision, his sequence on a rush or on a sustained attack is basically over. Uh, Montreal has some defensemen that nobody on the planet, like not even their parents, have heard of. But but they had some size to them, and whenever they would run into Sherry and or Gensel, play was over. The whole sequence was over. And then Sid's, you know, he's spinning around down there behind Antiniemi, and he's trying to make stuff happen, and his wingers have been eaten alive. You know, there's nothing left for the play. Yep, and that's, you know, the size factor is one thing. You know, I mean, we know what Gensel can bring to the table, and I think it's a lot more than Connor Sherry, but against that... I don't know if Mike has any other choice. Well, that's actually the point I was going to make when you said why he's being forced on. The reason he's being forced on the line is because Zach Aston Reese and Dominic Simone aren't playing. I appreciate the call. Let's go to DJ and Irwin. You're on 105.9 X. What have you liked or not liked about these last two games, other than the, the garbage third period in New York? Hi, DK. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. 
Um, something I really liked this weekend was how physical Gino was. I mean, he's always feisty, but it just was really noticeable that he was really throwing the body around. Going into the playoffs, I just I'm super pumped about that. Why? Because we we need that. I think we lack that physical ability sometimes. Uh-huh. Um, we get caught up in that speed game, which is obviously working for us. But it's just nice to see. It's nice to see Gino throwing the body around, getting involved. See, I was hoping you would take that one to the next level, DJ. Here, here, this is what I was hoping you'd say. Not that I'm okay. disagreeing with you here or whatever, disrespecting. I, I think, and I have seen over the years, and Gino himself will tell you this. When he starts a game, especially early on, and hits a couple of people, dude, he's in. He is yeah. all in, and it doesn't. His physical impact on the other team isn't going to make much of a dent. Okay, they're right, just right. they would actually the other team is actually going to welcome that. They hope he wastes his energy trying to hit them. Okay, but for his own purposes, for his own mindset, he gets his feet moving. I got to tell you, he was just flying these last two nights. That term gets overused. Uh, anytime somebody has a good shift, they go, oh, that dude's flying. Malkin was moving at a speed at a couple of times last night in particular. You know, Montreal's got that spectacular sheet of ice. And it was 16 degrees outside, zero humidity. I mean, everything was right. I mean, the ice was speaking French. It was so right. awesome, right? And yeah. and he was just tearing it up. Uh, he was absolutely unbelievable. And it's great to see, in particular, Carl Hagelin uh, and Patrick Hornquist Doing their own thing while they're with him. You know what I'm saying? Well, on the same line, both yep. playing their own game. Yeah, exactly. Very, very well put. I appreciate the call. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com filling in for Mark Madden, and we're going to Rick in Spring Garden. You're on 105.9 The X. Hey, how you doing, DK? Hey, Rick. Hey. hey. Just not, yeah, just, yeah. Like like hearing your show, I just uh, really haven't gotten to watch a lot of hockey this year. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, misfortunate uh, situations. Uh, working too much. But oh anyway, yeah, I hear you, man. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Hey, hey, dude, I started my day in Montreal and made it here to the studio. Oh, I know. I, yeah, I, I'm not complaining it. though. It's a great gig. Oh, I, I wouldn't complain about. Nah, that. what's on your mind, Rick? Uh, well, you know, um. You know, the, the last two seasons, the Stanley Cup winner, uh, it's just a great problem to have going into the final ten games. You talk so uh, much like you talk, dude. You talk so much like Phil Kessel. I actually think you're doing a Phil imitation right now. He does. Uh, he really? Goes, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love seeing that uh, the Pens uh, still putting it putting it down after uh, two Stanley Cups. It's long season. Well, after, I got especially after you go into June, two years in a row. I know, and I appreciate the call, Rick. I got news for everybody here. My cab driver in Montreal told me, and I'm proud of this because he said it in French, and I understood it. The Penguins will win a third Stanley Cup, and when I asked him why. Because this guy really wanted to show off his hockey knowledge. Everybody up there does. They all know so much more about hockey than you do because what are you, American, right? And he starts going over the list of all the other teams, and he starts shooting them down. Minnesota, overrated. Just got on a decent run here. Winnipeg called them overrated. To me, called them overrated. Blasphemy. Tampa Bay doesn't have enough superstar talent. I don't agree with that at all. But whatever. He's the taxi guy in Montreal. I can't argue with him. Besides, I'd have to argue in French, and I just couldn't 
pull enough of that information back from the C drive in the back of my head. Tim and Cranberry, you're on 105.9 The X. Yeah, uh, here's my only concern I have over the last couple games, and it's been actually a little longer than that, is the play of uh, Latang. You haven't liked it? Well, he, really, it's been a lot of giveaways. I mean, it's just uncharacteristic, and I don't know if it's, it's not of un- injuries he- in the past. Okay, I'm going to be nice. You know what happens when a guy makes a giveaway, especially when it's Latang. It it's so magnified. And his giveaway last night, the way he turned away and he didn't pass the puck to Malkin when he had the chance, was just awful. I wrote that on the live file on our website when it happened. Uh, I'll stand behind it. But if you look at the good that he's bringing versus the occasional bad. It is just not close. Right now, he is controlling games on that back end. Hmm. And I, I'm just, I, I, I just, I saw what your comment was going to be here because it's, it's listed, you know, there's a little description here next to the caller. And I said, oh no, he's going to get on that one giveaway. But if, if we go through, you and I sat there with Mike Sullivan and Jacques Martin and went through the entire video of the last five games that he's played, and we went through the good and the bad. We should probably actually do this on our site now as I'm saying it out loud. You'd be blown away by the quality that this guy's bringing night after night. Yeah. Maybe right. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong thing. Maybe I'm just saying, no, I don't think it's that. I think it's the relief pitcher who throws the one crappy pitch that ends up over the fence. You know? And, and, and all we do is go, oh, man, that guy... He stinks. I appreciate the call. Brian in the car. You're on 105.9 The X. CK, how's it going today? All right, man. Hey, the problem I got with that Sid line and everything, they have no sight. No, none. None. But tell me why. Don't stop there. Tell me why they don't have one. Because the only man digging out corners is Sid. And why is that? Keep going. You're getting warm here. Keep going. Because Gensel and Sherry are just... They get knocked down. They get yeah. They yeah. get overpowered. They yeah. can't. You know what I mean? They're they're not hard enough. I thought Gensel stick. died right below the press <laughs> box last night. They looked down. You know which one I'm talking about? When he went into the boards, I do. I, I thought like it was. It made a sound in there like boom, because like a bomb went off. I know. And uh, Sherry's getting knocked off the puck so often that now even when he's open. The puck gets to his stick, and it, it's like the stick is made out of, like, uh, like uh, Twizzlers, you know, yeah. where it just hits the Twizzler and just kind of peels off and goes to the boards. And uh, you know what? He needs what Sid needs on that line more than anything is strength. Yeah. And we're talking about Zach Aston Reese here. Zach Aston Reese... If and when he comes back, and I, you know there are literally no updates. He was not on this trip, so I couldn't get any updates on him. But when he comes back, that's where he needs to play. And I can tell you that I think, at least I'm 90% sure that that's Mike Sullivan's thinking. Do we have time for one more, Bob? We take a quick one. Yes, we can. Appreciate the call. Gary in Wexford, you are on 105.9 The X. Hey, DK. Very happy subscriber. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate it. So... I think uh, really the biggest takeaway I have from the last two games is the first line looks more like the third. I think everybody's saying that. And I always hear people say that Connor Sherry is getting the puck taken away from him easily. I think he easily gives it away. Yeah, that's exactly it. it. it but it's actually, it's, it, in fairness, Gary, I think it's both. But that the alarming part is that when he thinks he's going to get rocked, that he's just 
losing the puck as it's making its way to yeah. him, even in open ice, and that's just people, weird. For some people, the game slows down when they get the puck, and they you know they actually know what they want to do with it. I think he panicked. Oh no 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 no! I, I wouldn't go that far. When Sherry's feeling confident, he's exactly the good player that you just described. He's just a wreck right now, and I think he's. Partly so because they have faced some teams who, even though these guys are AHL defensemen or guys with very little experience, have been bigger bodies. The Rangers and the Canadians just ate those two wingers up. That won't be true for every team that they face. When the Penguins face a team with smaller, more mobile defensemen, uh, those guys will look like Sid and the kids. But that's not the norm. You know, most teams do have some size on the blue line. Uh, I don't mean to make more of this than it is. I don't mean to make a, a, a positive scenario from last night into a negative. I just think that the more I watch this, the more I think that Zach Aston Reese will be a very welcome addition slash return. We have to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to be joined by John Steigerwald, which is always fun. I'm Dan Kovacevic filling in for Mark Madden. You're listening to 105.9 The X. Super genius, Mark Madden. Mark, you struck my last nerve. You say that like you think I would remotely give a dump. But do go on. The X at 105.9. Joining me here in studio is John Steigerwald. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com, and he needs an introduction, right? That's you need right. an introduction, don't I you? Okay. no introduction. He, you no, 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 you me. do. It says right here on the yeah. sheet. So it says that you have 40 years in broadcasting, that you are author of two books, one of which I've read. Good. It's actually all the same book now. I've been combined. The two have been combined. But So it's now just watch, just watch the game. Just watch the game. That's it. Not again. Just, not, just watch, watch the, the game, game. again. Just it's just, game. It's yeah. just watch the game all in one book. Yes. So you're technically now the author of one book. Right. Okay, so if people wanted to follow the author of one book on Twitter, it would be at Steiger World. Right. And this segment is sponsored always by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust in Matt Mertz. John Steigerwald, there's not a whole lot I'd like to think that surprises me in hockey after a lifetime of covering it. One thing I wanted to bring up with you today was that scoring is up in the NHL mm -hmm. this year by a little bit less than half a goal, but still it's yeah. up, and it never goes up. It's one right. of those trends that never changes, it seems. And the only thing that the league changed, really, from last season to this season was cutting down on those little slashes on the hands. Not the Adam Graves-level right. slashes, but just, you know, the little ones, right? Right. Does that surprise you at all? Did you, would you well, think I that don't would know. have that kind of impact? I mean, I don't know if... Um, if one is a result of the other necessarily. I mean, right. just because... We, we can't know. Yeah, I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me. Having never played uh, hockey beyond uh, the most primitive uh, hockey that you could even begin to imagine, it, it would seem to me that if I'm playing in the NHL and I'm trying to do what I need to do with my hands and I constantly have somebody just whacking my hands a little bit and all of a sudden that starts to go away a little bit, i got to believe that I'm going to be a little bit better at getting a pass off a little bit better at being willing to try to get a play off. A creative play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think about half a goal, uh, that means it's a quarter of a goal per team. Is that yeah, what yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I don't it's half know a goal per game. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that's, I guess it's, it's better than going down, but I don't know if that's, I mean, and when you said that, was if I had not heard Historically, that. Historically, so it mentioned. is a, it's a significant jump, and yeah. it's, it's only been one that's come around whenever there's been some major change, like, you know. After the lockout, and yeah, they were actually yeah, that kind of stuff. And, yeah, yeah, but this one they've stuck with. Patrick Hornquist got sent to the box uh, the other night in New York for what 
in the past would have been called a really, really ticky-tacky see, slash. I think, I, I think it's a... But it's a good call. I do, too. And I, I mean, I think it's a good call, but I also think it's a good idea to not allow that. It, it's not, you're not supposed to use your stick for that. The stick is for getting the puck. It stays on the ice, man. Yeah. You don't touch people's hands, feet, face. It just, and when you do, you get two minutes. Not, I mean, you can use it if you want. And if you get away with it, fine. But don't cry, uh, whine about getting nailed if that's all you're doing. Yeah, is see, and this is where, people with this it. is where, what I, where I like where the hockey rules are headed is something that we've seen to an extent in other sports, particularly football, where you try to eliminate gray areas. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you just said, if you're, like last night in Montreal, Jamie Alexiak put his left arm. I hate that too. Okay, but yeah. he got called for it, right. and he should have. Right. Okay. Oli Mata had the softest little hook the other night in Madison Square Garden, got called for it. You know why? Because the, the blade of his stick went on the other dude's shin. Okay. Yeah. No gray area. No, you know, you know, I have a um, a son-in-law who's a um, uh, a high school football official, and uh, I like his approach. And I don't know if his it's his approach or if it's just the approach that they teach them to have when they're making a call. And I uh, ever since he told me about this, I kind of like to apply it to myself when I'm looking at a mm-hmm. play, and it's called advantage disadvantage. He'll watch a play. And if it if it's he's a back judge, so if he sees like it looks like it's going to be interfere might be interference, unless he thinks that by doing it the 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 violator or the alleged violator actually created an advantage for himself that was unfair, he doesn't make the call. So if if you see a little hook on a guy and he touches his shin, I mean, in the heat of battle, it might be a little tough to be that fine about it. But there are times when you can you you can look at it and say, okay, he touched his shin, but he didn't impede his progress by one-tenth of a percent, and I'm not going to make the call. But, you know, it goes the other way. You see guys blatantly interfering, blatantly holding with that one, the, the loose arm, and they don't get called. And that is an advantage. When when Alexiak puts his arm on the guy and starts to just spin him a little bit, that's an advantage. Yeah. You, you can't do that. Right. That's advantage, disadvantage. Uh-uh. Nope, you, you put that guy at a you, – you made it uh, harder for him to do his job illegally. Okay. So you get two minutes. Okay, but – Taking the opposite viewpoint here deliberately, yeah. if they go by that standard, then that's not going to be an automatic penalty when you put your blade of your stick on somebody's shin and yank it back just a little well, bit. If you certainly not back, in playoffs. If you, if you yank it back, then that's, to me, that's you're, you're now impeding the guy's progress okay. enough. You're, you're, that's a penalty. Okay. I'm saying if you're... Fooling around down it's not there, like uh, yeah, it's not us. like Operation the Wacky Doctors game from Milton Bradley where yeah. you just make contact, you know? Right. Okay. No. 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 And, and and it ha- and it has to be to me. It, it and it, I feel the same way about uh, football. And if it's you know if if you are unfairly getting an advantage by bending the rules a little bit, I'm getting you. I'm calling you. But if if you're if it just comes to like a little bump during the game and maybe uh, it, I could have technically called it a, a penalty or a foul or whatever. But it had no effect on the play. I'm not calling it. And if you know, you know, the old thing about football is that they could call holding on every play. You know, and and what if they started doing that? Not against the Patriots, they don't. No, call well, holding. they wouldn't do it on them. No, no, we know how that works. Yeah. John Steigerwald is my guest here in the studio, of course. John, the Penguins last night uh, bounced back nicely. Mm-hmm. That was actually the term Patrick Hornquist used with us afterward. Yeah. He liked the term bounce. And didn't back. you expect that? Yes. Yeah. Yes, and that's what I wanted to ask you about because this coach, you remember the the run that he had of not losing two games oh, in a row, wrong one. yeah, and that went even into the playoffs. Yeah, um, he doesn't like losing two in a row. No, and he finds a way to stem the tide before it becomes a tide. 
Right. Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm trying to think of, I think about him right now in so many superlatives that it makes me uncomfortable as a Solid. journalist. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that, that that's partially because we've only seen him have nothing other than colossal success. He's yeah. eight for eight in right. playoff rounds, right? right? Yeah. He's eight no against other coaches. He'll be fired in a year and a half. But that, well, yeah. in, the NHL, yeah, yeah. in the NHL's world, right? Um, I'm trying to come up with a comparable for him. A reader asked me the other day to compare him you know, like to, to other great coaches or where he would rank in Pittsburgh's history. And I, my first thought was, oh, you can't do that. I mean, right. Pittsburgh's had you know, Chuck Nolan, Danny Murtaugh, and all these great... None of, neither of whom won three in a row. None of whom have won three in a row. None, yeah. none of the local franchises, no. including the Penguins, have won three in a row. No. People forget... The, talk about the Steelers' dynasty... It was a two, and then they missed two, and then they won two again. I can remember your your our old friend Vito Stellino, the Post Gazette, who was mm-hmm. on the Steelers beat in 1977. He was writing about the, the the it was the Steelers were done, it was over with, and because they had gone by at that point like a season and a half without mm-hmm. going to the Super Bowl with their best teams, by the way, yeah. as all those guys will tell yeah. you. And then they yeah. went the next two. But I know I, I think that's a good discussion to have because uh, I've been wondering. I mentioned in a column or two. Uh, that you know, what happens if they do win the third in a row? Mm-hmm. Where does that rank them? What is that among dynasties? Yeah, with with I mean, how does that in compare Pittsburgh. to what the Steelers did? Mm-hmm. Is is that better than four out of six? Or it's do you a have great to win? discussion. Yeah, because winning three in a row is really hard, um, and um, I think they have as good a chance as anybody to to win the cup. Uh, I, I, you could come up with some reasons why they won't, and but you could have done that last year too because they had won the come year up before. A lot of reasons yeah. last year. Yeah, yeah, and here they are, and. And, you know, I heard you having a lot of discussion with the callers about, um, uh, you know, wh- why they're, what, why maybe they did what they did the other night when they mm-hmm. packed it in for the third period. And I, I said this, I felt this back in July, that I, I can't imagine a team, and, and I, I completely um, discount the they're tired now because of the games they played in May of of 2016. Completely, I don't I don't think about it at all. They're 25 years old, 30 years old, not tired. But mentally, how are you going to get up for a game in Phoenix on a Tuesday in November after mm-hmm. you've played for the last two years? Uh, how many games? 50 games. Yeah. Where you every single death. drop of the puck meant something, and now you're in Phoenix on a Thursday night. Yeah. You know? And 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 so. I expected them to not look like the Penguins for the first couple of months of the year, and I expected them when it started to get desperate to start looking like a team that is desperate the way they play in the playoffs. And so it's March. So if I see that what happened the other night uh, happen and they blow a lead, that wasn't game three of the playoffs against the Rangers. That was a game in March. Was it March yet? I guess it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was March, and I, it's just... It's just going to happen. It's they play too many big games, and that's not to say you want it to happen. No, but that I don't coach think it certainly didn't. No, but I, and I think it's good that the coach. I think the coach is aware of that, and I think the coach um, needs to remind him of that. But I think the players are every bit aware of it, as much aware of it as the coach is. You know what I like too, though, John, and I always I always try to maybe like overthink the Sullivan mm-hmm. situations, but the fact that he. Knows he's going into Montreal the next night and they should win. He and, sets them he oh, sets yeah. them all up. You know what I'm going to say right. here? Yeah. For a real positive because now, okay, see, we bounced back from that New York thing. Right. But maybe if they were going the next night into Tampa, ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would. Well, the thing is, just though, go Dan, get them, boys. If they're going into Tampa, it's it's a playoff atmosphere. Right. And I don't think you know it would just kind of happen. They're not going to they're not going to lay they they would want to go in there and say, hey, 
we're the Penguins and we're the champs until you prove otherwise. Yep. I know you got all the points. I have a quick question for you before I go. Yes. Because I heard your discussion about Crosby, Malkin, uh, not Crosby, Malkin, but who's going to be the MVP? Who's yeah, going to win the and, yeah. I have two questions for you. If Malkin were, all the discussion you've had about uh, Crosby's line. Yes. If Malkin were playing with those two guys, would oh, he be leading geez. the score? Leading the score? No, no. But okay. that's not to say that Sid would work with Hagelin and Horn. No, no. But, but I'm just saying, that. if he has those two guys, is, is he in the discussion no. for, the, for the Ross? No. Okay. No. Other question. Go ahead. It's now coming up on the playoffs. The Penguins are so good, and they've won two playoff, uh, two two cups in a row. That the league says, you know, it's unfair. They have both of these guys, Malkin and Crosby, and it, it, it's just not fair. So we're going to have a vote for all, all the all the coaches who make the playoffs in the East and all and the whole and all the whole league. The Penguins are going to the Penguins are going to scratch one of these two guys. Yeah, who they vote for? I know where you're going. Who do they they're, sit? They're keeping Sid. Who who do they vote? No, the who do the who do the coaches vote off? Who yeah. do they who do they want sitting down? No, it would be it would be Malkin. Yeah, yeah, that's what I that's why. So I said is that, they is that Sid? Yeah, that that's why that when you talk about MVP or who's the best player, I... you know what the criteria, as you know, in hockey is a little different. It's written on the description that goes out. It's the player adjudged to be most valuable to his team. Right, and it's different than any other sport in that regard. And that's why people are actually making a case for Taylor Hall of the Devils right. because he plays like a half hour every night. And but that, that it's not the best player award. Right. It's the MVP, which exactly. is what it should be if you're going to call it MVP, I guess. Exactly, exactly. John Steigerwald has been my guest here in yep. studio. Thanks, John. All right, man. That was fun. When we come back, more of your calls at 412-333-9939. I'm Dan Kovacevic filling in for Mark Madden here on your home of the Pittsburgh Penguins, 105.9 The X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Damn it, I'll be popular in Pittsburgh yet. Hey, Mark, ball fan. I think i got to start with pulled pork nachos. Hey, super genius, how you doing today? Fantastic. DX at 105.9. Anytime I'm on one of these FM stations, I think about Donnie Iris. Because really, how can't you, you know? I mean, here we are, like, what is it, 30 years later, we're still waiting for Pittsburgh's next big rock slash pop icon. And I say that with all due respect to the many wonderful local artists. I'm talking about somebody who makes it big. And this reminds me of the fact that I was in St. Louis with the Penguins about a month ago, and there's just a normal break between puck drop and the Blues play Aaliyah. I'm like, what the? No way. Like, you hear it in Cleveland, and it's like, okay, that's normal. I mean, Donnie played Cleveland, still, you know, still was very recently anyway. And I get that. St. Louis, like, I think Aaliyah, unless I miss my guess here, Bob, wasn't it, like, it barely cracked top 40, right? Wasn't it like a 20 or something? Yeah, I would say. I mean, I don't remember. I was a little young back then, but I know it was a national song. And, you know, other rockers, when they come into Pittsburgh, they're like, Donnie Iris is from here. Like, David Lee Roth was a monster Donnie Iris fan when he came into I didn't know that. This show could be so much more interesting if we stuck to music. As it is, we're going to get back to hockey. 412-333-9939. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com, filling in for Mark Madden. And I'll tell you what, I just flew back from Montreal today. I was with the Penguins on both legs of that 48-hour trip to New York and then on up to the Bell Center, and I came away with it with a really positive vibe, not just because of how it ended. I Look at it this way. If that third period hadn't happened, and the Penguins just went in and beat the Hartford Wolfpack, which is what the Rangers are at this point with a handful of you know 
actual NHL players. And then they went up and beat, wow, the Montreal team is actually significantly worse than the Rangers. I mean, they're, they've got nothing left. They've got like Brendan Gallagher and two other dudes. Okay. And if the Penguins just went and they, you know, they beat this team and they beat that team and they came home and took four days off, we would have learned nothing about them. Nothing would have happened to advance their cause, their greater cause. They would have found out whatever happened to them the other night at the Garden in some much worse way. Sometimes in professional sports, as in life, you need to have something like that kind of blow up there. You know what I mean? You need to have uh, a look into the underbelly. And Mike Sullivan, to his credit, I thought there was a chance in New York that he was going to pop off a little bit. The way he huffed over when he walked over to us. But then he just stood there. He put himself together, and he starts talking about playing the right way and playing the right way some more. And, and then I expected him in Montreal to not really address it, to just kind of move past it. And, you know, two hours before face-off, when I asked him, if he had done that, he starts talking openly about a meeting that they had at the hotel, about the importance, about not allowing that to become a thing that is acceptable under any circumstance. Because what happens there, it's not about the two points or the blown point, I should say, that night. It's about making sure that your group is never okay with that thing happening where all 20 guys basically just go, eh. Because then you lose your systematic accountability. You lose a huge chunk, in addition to skill, speed, and all that other stuff, that made the Penguins two-time champions that allowed them to go eight for eight in playoff series over the last two years. Because they were that much tougher mentally. They were that much more together. Derek Broussard was telling me the other day, uh, this was up in New York, that this group, as soon as he came up, he, he saw that it was like walking into a room with grown-ups. They all know who they are. They know what they want to be. They know what they're supposed to be, and they react like it. And that's what they did last night in Montreal. It's not about the win. It's not about the comeback. It's certainly not about putting goals past Anthony Niemi. That's the result. That's the outcome. What mattered much more than that even if Montreal had somehow pulled that off in the third period, you know, gotten one to go in off a skate like they did earlier, the victory still would have gone to the Penguins in this regard. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Brandon in Houston looks like he's got some inf information for us. What's going on, Brandon? Hey, DK, how's it going? Let's hear it, Brandon. So and two, when the Penguins were running for their 2008 Stanley Cup, I was working out in Seattle, and they have a Hooters. Wait a second! Did you just say Seattle? Yes. Let, Seattle. You know what? The only other place I've ever heard people do that is is New Stanton. Like right. I think New Stanton, you know, which is an exit on the Turnpike here, and I don't think it's anything else. New Stanton is just an exit in some trees. Right. But so, New Stanton. So I'm way out in Seattle. But New Stanton. Everyone says New Stanton. Why is that? <laughs> I have no idea. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so I'm way out in Seattle, and it was uh, the, during the Penn's 2008 Cup run, and uh, this big Hooters bar out there, big Steeler bar, and they were also, you know, in line with the Penguins, so they had a bunch of 
Penn fan out there cheering them on, so I'm out there watching every game. And uh, they uh, they went to a, a commercial break, and they started playing Donny Iris on the radio inside the Hooters. What, Alia? Uh, yep. Okay. <laughs> and I was asking some of the locals around there, I'm like, how ah, you guys ever heard of Donny Iris? They're like, oh, yeah, they play this all the time out here. Oh, man, yeah. you <laughs> never know. You just never know. I appreciate the call. See, what you really want to hear is just one of these stories be where it's not Aliyah that it's like, you know, the rapper. Something that's just like off the beaten path. Not even love is like a rock. Like, go off the beaten Donnie path. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I'll take your calls when we get back from this break. And I'll be joined also by Bob McLaughlin, our producer on our daily Mike with Bob segment. I'm Dan Kovacevic filling in for Mark Madden here on your home of the Pittsburgh Penguins, 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Ah, super genius. What were you afraid more of, Satan or teabagging? Probably teabagging. Great story. Compelling and rich. (laughs) The X at 105.9. This point of the Mark Madden program every day offers our Mike with Bob segment with producer Bob McLaughlin. That is sponsored by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. And Bob... The segment that we had earlier with John Steigerwald, we brought up this concept of dynasties. And a reader asked me a couple weeks ago, and I hadn't really thought of it like this, but if the Penguins win three in a row, we talked about what that means incessantly from the NHL standpoint. Ah, Nobody's done it since the Islanders in the early 80s. It's never been done in Pittsburgh. Would they be the greatest dynasty that Pittsburgh's ever had? Uh, They'd be in the argument. Um, You know... Just because of what the Steelers teams of the 70s meant and how they did it. And four and six. Yeah, four and six and how unstoppable they were and just the Hall of Famers, the legends, the building blocks of the NFL and pretty much your sports base here in Pittsburgh. You know, the birth of, you know, City of Champions, Sports Town. You know, it all starts there. But three in a row in this era would absolutely put them in the argument. Um, if I had to pick one, though, I would probably go with the four and the six just because of everything that came out of it, everything that came after it. Yeah. I, I mean, four is still also a bigger number than three. I understand that it's not in succession. Uh, I also understand, though, to play devil's advocate here with you, that those Steelers – didn't have free agency. No, you're right. You're- um, there, there was no such thing as a need for a salary cap because those guys weren't making any money. And you could once you joined a team in the NFL, that's the team you finish your career with. No, all good points. And I actually it's like Donnie Shell like should be in the Hall of Fame. He was like the ninth best guy on that <laughs> <Right>. defense, right? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, and I think everybody else does too. It's just, you know, how much is too much for the Steelers, and, you know, they've kind of been canonized, and they've gotten their due, and people are moving on from them right now into the new legends of the NFL. But this is going to come up again. But it's but it's also been done in the NHL, and I know that that's a different era. Yeah, had your the Islanders, Islanders, same thing. You had your Edmonton Oilers. You had, you know, you had all these incredible dynasty teams. Um so, so it's been done, and I'm not saying that the Steelers win by a wide margin. I'm just saying that those that era nips this three in a row if it happens. Yeah, it becomes a really a fun argument because then you start looking at roster turnover too, and you compare what the Penguins' rosters would be over these three years and how much they changed compared to the Steelers over those six years. And really, even more if you go back to the, you know 72 and the Immaculate Reception and everything, 
you know, Chuck Knoll basically had the same group of guys to deal with for a decade. Right, right. And, you know, and obviously he was the master. He was the ringleader of all that. And he knew the game at that time, taught it a different way uh, and did it better than anyone else. You know, some will say, especially those in the... One five two two zero one to five two three four area codes. They say that he did it better than everybody else. You know, throughout the history of the NFL. Um, but no, I'm not saying that what the Penguins are in line to do, if they are able to do it, isn't wow. I, I mean, unbelievable. If they get three in a row, that's you know they're going to talk about that one for a long time. I, I just think that the '70s Steelers nudge them out. Just a little bit. You want to hear? This is another crazy. Because look thought. at the back. Look at what you've got with the Penguins right now, though. Some their main pieces are still in place, other than maybe a Mark well, Andre. Fleury. Yeah, and you mentioned Hall of Famers, and you know those always end up being interesting discussions. In, in hockey, they just have this thirty-person panel that just picks it. There's no, there's no writers or anything like that. Yeah, but this isn't the same panel that did not put Gino in the top 100 players. That was a different panel, right? That was a different panel made of a different lot of people. In every sense made of, of the a, word. made up from a lot of people in Toronto who have anti-Russian biases. But uh, one crazy thought that I had, among other crazy thoughts, on getting no sleep flying back from Montreal this morning. Patrick Hornquist got his 400th career point last night. He's probably going to play in the league for another seven or eight more years. Let's say that he ends up around 700, 800 points. I'm just throwing that out there. Maybe he won't, okay? But he's a certain style of player. And as Mike Sullivan likes to say, he's elite at what he does. He's Mm -hmm. the best at what he does. Does someone like that ever even get a sniff? You know, a genuine championship player like that. I don't know, especially because of what he has surrounding him. He mm-hmm. might fall victim to the same prey. The that, Steelers. That's that why Donnie I brought it up. Shell. Yeah, yeah. You brought up a great example of that with Donnie Shell, L.C. Greenwood. Um, there's, there's a bunch of those, right? And, and even some of the newer names that are having to wait to get in right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, Patrick Hornquist is upper le- echelon at what he brings to the game, what he means to the NHL, and how he plays. He's the best. He is the best yes. right now. Look at know. that goal last night. I mean, never mind the first one. That second. Well, wait. Once, do you think he goes eight more years? The way he plays, I would. Say, I want to say no. He may lose a stump I in know, the next four. Or I five. know, but except that Thomas Holmstrom, his countryman who played the exact same style for Detroit, played with the Red Wings until he was thirty-eight and scored fourteen goals that season. So, uh, look, he's always going to get hurt. He was getting hurt when, because of his style of play. But he's so ridiculously tough, and his game isn't built on, you know, speed. Mm-hmm. He's just that guy who's so skilled in front of the net. No, I understand the argument. Um, and he, say he does go seven or eight. Yeah. If he keeps up what he's doing now, and that's that's going to be a pretty tough order. Mm-hmm. You know, e- even the way he plays the game, and because he doesn't have to have the wicked slap shot, or he doesn't have to have the puck-moving skills. But he does have the power play time. He does have the power play time, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there is a spot for him on yep. any power play oh, in the yeah. National Hockey League. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's what I mean, though. That that's like it's almost like we're taking positions, like we do in baseball and football, and just say, "Well, that position is not important." Well, no. What makes it such a valid question is that there is no easy answer. Yeah, you can argue yourself into one way or argue yourself into the other. Um, at this point, though, because of the talent he has around him, and because of you know everything that they're going to win, and um, well, and the voters, know, well, yeah. the voters are going to just look at it and say, "Look, we left out so and so guy with way more points. How can we put this guy in?" Right, and we're and we're just sitting here on radio talking about the same thing. I mean, yeah. we're bringing up the same issue, so of course, the voters and those that cover the game every day will kind of pull that arrow out of their quiver. 
Um, because, hey, by that time, they may think there's too many Penguins from this era in also. Yeah, no question. 412-333-9939 is the number for your hockey calls. This is your last chance to get hockey calls in because at 515, we're going to be visited here in studio by Christopher Carter from DKPittsburghSports.com to talk about Steelers developments. At 550 p.m., we're going to be joined on the phone by Lance Lysowski in Bradenton, also from our site, talking, you know, baseball. So get your hockey questions in now, 412-333-9939. We're going to be right back after a 30-second break. I'm Dan Kovacevic filling in for Mark Madden here on your home of the Pittsburgh Penguins, 105.9 The X.